This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Matt Morrow, President and CEO of the Springfield Area Chamber in Missouri, to learn how the Holman Brothers provided value to his chamber. Holman Brothers provide a great training for our sales team in terms of just outstanding sales techniques, but maybe even more importantly than that, they were able to provide us with a system, a process that was repeatable. And in that, we're able to see very clearly from one month to the next how the how the pipeline is doing, what prospects are in it, what kind of progress we're making, and what we can do to coach people to success. You can learn more about Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Our guest for this episode is Kim Casco. Kim has been the president and CEO of the Iowa City Area Business Partnership since September 2016. Prior to that, Kim worked for ACT as an organizational effectiveness program manager. She also held positions as an assistant director for change management at the University of Illinois, career advisor at the University of Maryland, and management consultant at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Originally from New York, Kim holds a bachelor's degree in management and psychology from Bucknell University in Pennsylvania and a master's degree in higher education administration from Northwestern University in Illinois. Kim currently resides in Iowa City with her husband, John, dog Rocky and cats, Omi and Tannis. Uh, She serves on the boards for the Iowa City Area Development Group, Iowa City Downtown District, Mercy Hospital, and ACCE. She's quite proud of that last one. Uh, Kim is passionate about leadership development at the individual, team, organizational, and community levels. She enjoys anything food-related, sitting on her front porch, and making project plans. Kim, I'm excited to have you with us today on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love for you to take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions that are out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so we can get to know you a little better. Sure. Well, hello, everyone. Um, and thanks, Brandon, so much for having me on. It's so good to, to meet you and to be here today. Um, Gosh, something interesting about myself. Well, I guess um, one of the the jobs that wasn't highlighted in my bio is that I did a uh, part-time stint at our local animal shelter uh, when I first moved to town uh, and uh, learned a lot for that job, uh, from that job. I've got a passion for uh, rescue animals um, and you know, oftentimes in my current role, there's just some parallels in terms of animal animal behavior, like herding cats, you know, right? <laughs> and uh, redirecting dog behavior. That, that actually comes in handy in, in the current job. Um, but out of that job, I did uh, get a my dog Rocky that you referenced in my bio, um, who uh, came into the shelter with all four legs, but one was badly damaged, and uh, the shelter vet had to take it off. And then I fostered him and never gave him back. So um, three-legged dog named Rocky. And then um, almost about a year ago now, I uh, rescued a cat and her pack of kittens uh, from our uh, neighborhood and uh, had them in my office for about six weeks, which was interesting. Uh, And then wound up keeping the mom and one of the kittens, that's Omi and Tannis. So Yeah. I'll tell you, my youngest daughter would love to have a cat. And it's one of some of our best friends, you know, 
they've got a litter of kittens and they keep trying to tell us my wife is severely allergic so it's Ooh. never going to happen or else you know my wife would have to move out of the house so oh, no. yeah, my poor daughter that's you know that tough, she would put you in a tough spot that's right she would love nothing more than to, to have a cat but yeah <laughs> well tell us a little bit about the, the iowa city area business partnership just to give us an idea of you know size scope of work um staff budget just to give us some perspective before we get into our discussion today Sure. So um, we are a chamber of commerce. Uh, we actually uh, rebranded and uh, changed our name uh, in uh, 2020 uh, to the Iowa City Area Business Partnership right before COVID hit, uh, which is a whole nother story. But uh, we've got approximately uh, 750 uh, members uh, were located in Iowa City in downtown Iowa City, which is the home of the University of Iowa. We are the uh, only chamber in our county, which is Johnson County, uh, which is approximately uh, 155,000 uh, people. It's the fourth most populous uh, county in Iowa. Our budget uh, is approximately 875,000, um, and we have a staff of five um, full-time awesome team members. Uh, and we've got two folks on um, part-time contracts. And it's actually great because they're folks from, one's from our CVB. So we've got a little bit of staff sharing going on and, and she's supporting our community leadership program. And the, the other is from uh, this, our Cedar Rapids Metro Economic Alliance, which is a chamber economic development group to the North. Uh, and we've got someone helping us with our advocacy work there. So have some good uh, friends and partners uh, in terms of staffing support. Very good. I like that idea that those part-time mm -hmm. contracts and being able to, to leverage abilities with other organizations. And I think it kind of leads well into our discussion for today, our topic. Um, we'll, be, we'll be discussing our, our main topic today being merging organizations for a stronger community. And I think there's multiple ways to go about this, different types of organizations that might be worthwhile, you know, looking at a merge together. Uh, but I know you guys have recently um, got approval for a merge. So we will dive into uh, more of that story and, and how that came to be as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Chamber Nation hears from its customers that they help make it fun again to present the value of membership. That's because so much is provided to help each member promote their business, and with monthly ROI reports from Chamber Nation, they know their membership is already working to help them succeed. 
There are three words in Chamber of Commerce, and Chamber Nation knows that their customers take care of the Chamber, but Chamber Nation takes care of the commerce. This way, both teams working side by side deliver a whole lot more in membership value. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. Successful membership salespeople are problem solvers. They ask better questions, uncover more problems, and pinpoint how their chamber can help. It's how they consistently drive better membership sales outcomes. Here's the hurdle. Most membership salespeople don't get enough coaching to recruit like this. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching supplies the year-round guidance that your membership rep needs to drive growth for your chamber. Visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of next level coaching. All right, Kim, we are back. Uh, Before the break, we mentioned that you guys just recently got approval from your board to to move forward with the merger. Um, Tell us who's the the merge with? Um, How did that develop? How did it come to be? And you know, where did you see the need for this to develop this way? Sure. Um, well, the, the best way for me to, to answer that is actually to, to tell a, a little uh, story here. Um, and actually, the story starts in 1901. So bear with me here. Oh, wow. It's a long um, story. But, no. <laughs> so, I'll be, I'll be, we'll try and be quick here. But um, in 1901 was when the chamber was first established. It was established as the Iowa City Commercial Club and then eventually evolved to become a chamber of commerce uh, and then eventually developed, you know, subcommittees. And uh, one of those subcommittees uh, was the Tourism Committee, which um, got spun off in uh, the mid-1980s. Uh, that is now our CVB, and that's because a, a hotel motel tax referendum was passed. Uh, so that they, they're their own 501c6 entity. Uh, we also had another committee uh, of the chamber that was the Economic Development Committee. That also spun off in the mid-1980s, as I think happened with a lot of uh, chambers, uh, and you know, so that they could focus on recruiting uh, businesses to town. So those two entities you know, spun off. Uh, and then I think as many of us know, like as time you know moved along, like those those two entities, CVB Economic Development Organizations, focused externally, bringing visitors, uh, bringing businesses to town. But over time, you know, within those industries, they realized, well, um, if you build it, they will come, you know, and focusing more on uh, developing the community and making this a great place for visitors to come to and for businesses to establish themselves and grow here. And so, you know, over time, they start focusing more on that work and and chambers have always been involved in that that space, um, quality of life and placemaking. And so hence a lot of our community development work started to overlap. Uh, simultaneously, we had a, a couple other economic development entities that started um, cropping up uh, in the 2000s. One was um, uh, the Iowa City Downtown District, which is a self-supported municipal improvement district. And then the other is uh, a regional partnership between our economic development organization and a combined chamber EDO uh, to the north uh, 
to create uh, regional focus on uh, talent attraction. And so, you know, the space, the economic development space and the work we do just started to, to shift and become more and more about community development. So we actually... In 2018, uh, and it had been explored even a couple times before 2018, uh, as we hear from our past chairs in terms of bringing together uh, our organization and our economic development group. And so 2018 was the last time we looked at that. I've been in this role since 2016, so it was kind of early in my tenure. And we decided not to move forward on a formal merger at the time because there were several things going on in the environment, one of which was kind of bringing together this regional group. And, and so we decided not to do a formal infrastructure kind of remodel, but we decided, well, let's start aligning resources in terms of sharing staff, sharing space. We moved in um, with our economic development group, um, who's called ICAD, by the way, if you hear me reference that, that's the Iowa City Area Development Group. We moved in with them in uh, 2019. Uh, we, you know, we said, okay, we're we're going to start aligning our programming. We're going to look at establishing a community vision, all of that. Uh, and we did, uh, you know, attempt that that last one, but you know, heard from some some of our stakeholders like, oh no, that's not that's not your role to do the community vision thing. And and so, you know, we shifted to to focusing on on just education and working through that. Uh, then. 2020, we all know what happened, the, the pandemic hit, and um, all of a sudden, you know, we realized our organizations, us, ICAD, our, our downtown district, our CBB, are all sending out, you know, all trying to compile information and sending out information to our key stakeholders. And it's all the same, you know, there's a lot of overlap in that, and there's a lot of overlap in the information. So we all just, you know, co combined our marketing and comms team and started to, you know, really work together on that. Um, and then we stood up um, what we call the Project Better Together initiative and rallied a steering committee, you know, across the community um, to just do emergency recovery um, type things. And we just did a ton of work together through that time, not just communications, but, you know, gift cards, campaigns, um, morale boost for our healthcare workers, all the things that a lot of us all did. And so, uh, and through that, we just learned like really, you know, we called the project, Project Better Together, but after 20, you know, 2020, we're like, well, we really are better together. And we just proved that we have, you know, greater impact. And so that then led, you know, in 2021, we looked at, okay, so what now, what, what is greater, you know, should, should we consider a more formal alignment between these, these entities and what does that look like? And simultaneously, we also thought, now might be the time to come back to establish a community vision, you know, a vision for our future. Um, we decided to prioritize that and focus on the vision work first, uh, which we did uh, in partnership uh, with Rebecca Ryan. Uh, and we were able to launch that vision uh, this past summer, uh, which we called the Better Together 2030 All-In Vision Plan. And so once we kind of had that under the way, then at the start of this past year, we started looking at alignment, knowing, okay, we've got the vision now. Uh, what does that mean for our organizations and how we support that? So that's where we started exploring that and then ultimately proposing to our boards this past uh, November that uh, to move forward on formally merging, you know, into a single entity, the business partnership and ICAD. So the chamber and the economic development group. Uh, and we got a vote of approval from both of our boards to move forward now on doing the design work. So sorry, that was a long story, wow. but no, that so kind of, you know, so... No, so there, there's a, a lot to, to unpack there, right? I mean, it's, you, did, you did a good job of condensing it down from 1901 to 2022 now, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, so you had mentioned in, in 2018 that the, as mm-hmm. you evaluated it, you didn't see the need for a formal remodel of the organizations. Um, so what do you think the key factors were from 2018 to now? I know there's a pandemic in the middle of there, but, um, yeah. and opportunities yeah. to align resources in other ways, but what would you say were those, those key identifiers that said, you know what, now is the time that we do need to look at making a formal remodeling of the structure of the two entities. Yeah, I think that's a great question and one we've reflected on and that we get a lot. Like, why didn't you do it in 2018? And, and, you know, I think that, again, our our peers at ICAD were working on this joint venture with the entity uh, and the county to the north on doing kind of a, a regional economic development group. And so that was, I think, creating some stress and some complication. And knowing, too, um, you know, we were getting, there was just a lot of thing on, things on both of our organizations' plate. And we thought, well, doing a merger is a lot of work. And so right. maybe we don't go that route, but like we, we need to start kind of aligning some of our work, working more collaboratively, you know, all of that, you know, which is what we did. Um, I actually have a slide in our presentation that we shared with our boards uh, in October um, from 2018. It was directly plucked from the PowerPoint we did in 2018 was that said like, you know, okay, we're gonna, uh, you know, we're not going to formally merge, but we're going to, um, increase our partnership. We're going to co-locate. We're going to share staff. We're going to strengthen our partnership with our CVB and our downtown district. We're going to launch a vision plan for our community. Um, we're going to focus on this big vision. And, and this slide I have up, then it's like done, done, and done. Like yeah. we've we've done those things. <laughs> and, and we did that organically by working, you know, to, together. And so it's, again, the question of so what, now what? And I think what the past few years proved out is that there's just a lot of overlap um, in in what we do, you know, not and not just from the back office. I mean, but certainly the back office, and you know, as we saw with our our marketing communications, like you know, this is we're all pushing out the same stuff. Like, let's you know combine our teams. So that was really the first proof point. Um, but you know, I think also in terms of the work uh, we're doing um, to support, you know, businesses of color, you know, both of both us and, and ICAT are engaged in that work. And so oftentimes we're saying us and the business partnership are partnering to create this inclusive economic development plan. And, you know, yeah. us and business partnership and the ICAT are, are focused on workforce solutions. And so, you know, that was another area workforce. Uh, ICAT had led the charge typically, you know, on that. But as we saw from the pandemic, the impact on small businesses, um, you know, that was exactly the challenge there too. So, so we needed to do more in workforce um, and hence needing to align that with our peers. And so there's just more and more overlap, not just in back office, but in the, the mission focused work um, that just, we thought, you know, there's now's time, you know, now's the time to, to really just consolidate that so that we can have greater impact and our teams like both of our organizations are in really even stronger places than we were in 2018 um, and have really great a really great set of team members that are working together so it just there's also a little bit of a gut feel like now's the time to do it yeah um, and it's been but, talked about so many times before it's like at some point it's, it's never like always the best time because it is going to be a lot of work but you know at some point i think but, you got to pull the trigger on it so i mean it sounds like you kind of had a, a four to five year kind of runway to 
kind of the ideas kind of out there. You're working together in more formal settings, but not a formal, you know, restructure. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to see where those resources align, where the messaging aligns, where the, um, the synergy really lines up to be able to say, like you said, with the slide done, done, and done, you, you have these, you know, missions that you set out to accomplish and they're done. And it's like, okay, we can work well together. And, and yeah. instead of having the redundancy of two separate organizations doing the same thing, let's make this a formal deal. Yeah. And we could certainly do that because we, I mean, we did get challenged on that. Like, well, you guys are doing all this great work together as separate entities. So why not just continue that way? We're like, yes, key stakeholder, but behind the scenes, you don't see like the mad scramble and the exhaustion and the du duplication and, and all that stuff. Like we could work so much more, you know, if efficiently and effectively behind the scenes to be able to do more, you know, like, and I think of just the, the combined entities, the larger entities that are able to consolidate some things and be able to afford like having someone who's focused on data or someone who's focused on DEI, you know, versus having each entity have to, you know, hire that and try and afford that. So there's just so many think things, but behind the scenes that are, that our stakeholders don't see that, you know, if we kind of rewire, align those, those cables will just create, it's about, it's just about creating capacity and about greater impact. Right. So. So as you look back um, over the last five years or so, where do you see some of those initial discussions happening? Was it driven by the board? Was it something that you know, ICAD or the chamber was like, hey, maybe we need to look at more of a formal partnership or a, a merger or because it, it can always be a little bit awkward. You know, if, mm -hmm. if you go to mm -hmm. ICAD and say, hey, we need to we need to merge mm -hmm. together. Hey, watch out, you know. But it's kind ideally, of like a proposal, right? Like, no, you don't want to get rejected. Yeah, you got to date for a while. You got to make sure everything's just right. But hopefully, the board ends up driving that mm -hmm. conversation. But how did it develop on your end? Yeah, so that's uh, it's been really interesting. So we actually so back in. 2018, the way it evolved actually was from a survey. I did a member engagement survey uh, because I was kind of new in my tenure, wanted to, to find out more. And, you know, we asked our members what they would value most and found by and large, the, you know, the top three things they would value the most is just impact, you know, on community, community development work, um, creating, you know, attracting more businesses to town. And like a lot of those things were things that our peers at ICAD were leading, and so, and I shared the, the results of the survey actually with a group of past chairs that I still meet with. And they're, they're the ones who kind of brought it up saying, well, maybe we should really explore emerging. So, and then it was mainly, you know, staff driven from there. Uh, and then again, like we, we were the ones that made the decision, like, well, let's kind of pause on this and, and not do it formally yet. But so then we are the ones, it was, it was mainly staff driven, you know, coming out of that experience in, in 2020, 2021. Uh, we're the ones that put it, you know, back on the table with permission, you know, we checked in with our, you know, exec committees, like, are you okay with us, you know, exploring this? And we set a deadline, like, okay, we're going to explore it and present something back this fall, you know, as a proposal. So we got the board's blessing to go ahead and do that. But by and large, it was led, you know, by, by staff, um, which is a little bit, you know, we've heard in talking with some other um 
combined entities, they asked us that question, like, and we're, they were like, just make sure you get your board along too. Cause oftentimes it is, you know, board driven driven. Right. So now that, and we've done, um, we're doing kind of a two-step process here in terms of, you know, we got a vote in November and it was essentially our boards voted on a resolution of intent to merge. So basically they're now giving us the blessing to design the merged entity. And then we have to take it back for a vote um, hopefully May, June timeframe for them to actually bless the merger. So we're not merged yet. Uh, and now is the place where we're, you know, we're setting up a merger advisory council that's made up of both of our board members uh, to help drive this. Cause I think it, it, it needs to be a balance of both. You need to have staff in there, but you need to have um, also our, our board members, our key stakeholders groups, you know, helping to drive it. And, you know, we also want to involve um, our members, investors too, you know, via surveys, focus groups, you know, get their engagement and feedback that way. Um, but you're right. There, there is kind of that, that, that balance. Right. So I know you've mentioned a couple of times that there's a lot of work involved with making the merge mm -hmm. happen. Um, so I don't want to scare away, you know, people that feel like a merge needs to happen with their chamber and another organization, but at the same, like you have to follow, you know, what your mission is at the chamber, if it aligns, if it works. So I don't want to scare them away, but can you help paint a picture of what the work involved, you know, as far as what you've seen so far and what you anticipate, you know, through this yeah. intent to merge to, to fully execute it? Yeah, well, a couple things there. Um, you know, I'll share how we're approaching it. I don't know if there is one right approach. Um, and no, it's, I think, always going to be happy. <laughs> Um, but the way we are trying to approach that, because knowing, you know, we're taking this on top of everything, like we want to maintain, if not continue to increase service levels. So we're very much aware of that. And so with that being the case, we're like, okay, um, we're stealing some things from kind of the entrepreneurial world. Like what's the minimum viable product you know, right. that we need to move forward? Like we, we kind of want to do this by July 1, which is an aggressive timeline, but our, but I had their fiscal year, their next fiscal year starts July 1. So there's a little bit of a sense of urgency, which I think is good. Yeah. Um, but we're trying to chunk off like, okay, what absolutely do we have to have, to, you know, to get approved, knowing that this is going to evolve. And I think if you talk to any other uh, entities that have gone through this, they say just that, like it, it may take three years for it to feel fully kind of like where you want it, but you start somewhere and, and it evolves. And so, um, so let's kind of make sure we understand like, you know, what is that? And that makes it a little bit more um manageable. And the way we're approaching it is, is kind of like two streams. Um, one is a very organic kind of ground upstream, you know, in terms of like, let's just get our teams together. I mean, we're located in the same space, but we have an office space in the lower level and our ICAT peers sit in the upper level. And some days we don't see each other. So last week was merger kickoff week and we threw everybody together like okay let's we both do monday stand-ups let's do it together like so from henceforth we're doing our monday morning stand-ups together um we had a merger working session where we just checked in on our team members to see how they're doing you know with the change and talk about you know what this what this means and what this looks like and what their concerns are and all of that um and then start talking about have everybody review their roles like understanding each other's work at the individual role level and where is their low hanging fruit and opportunity and let's start kind of establishing work teams. And, and so there's that piece of it. 
Um, but then there's also the other parallel track um, that really comes from our boards and the Merger Advisory Council in terms of what is this new entity, you know, going to look like, you know, mission, vision, values, like the key functions. Uh, and we want our teams involved in designing that too, you know, uh, and, and our key stakeholders as well. And so kind of figuring out that future state and also the kind of the, which just feels a little bit top down and then the bottom up of like the current state and just kind of moving along. Okay. And, and taking the mindset of, okay, what do we need to get done in the next 30 days in the next 90 days? And I think that getting in that framework and that rhythm makes it more manageable. Yeah. So in this question, it may be a little bit premature in your current situation, but as far as staff goes with the two organizations, mm-hmm. um, do you just imagine or anticipate through maybe attrition or just, you know, seeing where different, um, responsibilities and things lie with different different positions to take on different loads or kind of shifting they're already sharing some of those um and responsibilities i guess across the two organizations but how do you maybe anticipate or, or see the the staffing situation playing out well one both of our teams are currently understaffed. Okay. So <laughs> and that helps. Doing multiple jobs. Okay. <laughs> so and are amazing. We've got really amazing team members right now. So we've kind of shared with them like we don't want to we don't want to lose anyone. <laughs> so um so there's that. Uh and they're just a dream team to have right now in terms of you know they've got they have what we need in terms of kind of shaping what this looks like, you know, and there, there are some areas where there is some, some duplication, uh, like, you know, in marketing comms, like an event planning, but again, like so many people have so many, you know, you're doing event planning, you're, you're managing the facility, you know, you're, you're doing three jobs in one. And so like, right. can we start parsing that apart and figuring out like some people may be tired of what they're doing. So what do you want to do? So we asked our teams last week to share out, you know, just their current role, but like, what are your passion skills? you know, and to start kind of thinking of, okay, where might people want to go and what might this look like? Um, and so, you know, we feel really, really good about that. Uh, and when you look at it, really, we told our teams, like when you look at it, you know, the duplication, like where there's the most is you've got two presidents, you know, like our right. roles, you know, so I was kind of, you know, setting the example, like my myself and my peer are just committed to, like we're committed to like seeing this this merger through and figuring out what that new entity looks like uh, and what roles are, are needed and what that top CEO role is going to look like. We've got to design that. And then, you know, we've recommended to our, to our board to the, and it'd be up, ultimately up to them, the merger advisory council, but to, you know, do a search for that role and figure out what is the right leader we need in that space. And so mm-hmm. we're kind of trying to design this, you know, agnostic of ourselves and our egos and our you know personal intentions yeah. and, but so. I think it goes back to the, our title for this episode, Emerging Organizations for a Stronger Community. So not for your own ego or not for your own nope. you know, personal situation, but for the stronger community. Um, and yep. it, it helps having a, a board behind that that helps you know, make some of those decisions as well. So, well, Kim, as we start to wrap things up here, I wanted to ask you for a chamber listening who would like to take their chamber up to the next level or maybe, you know, is considering emerge themselves. What tips or action items might you, you know, share with them to to help them accomplish those those goals? Yeah, I think um, you know, just leverage. I f- 
this is, this is my first experience kind of in the, the chamber profession. And I've just been blown away by the amount of support, you know, in the profession, um, you know, between things like, you know, this great pod, podcast, uh, ACCE, the Association of Chamber of Commerce Execs, and just lean on that. I mean, for me, I, I got a lot of inspiration around, you know, mergers from hearing what other, you know, organizations have been doing, you know, Greater Topeka Partnership, the one Spartanburg Inc., you know, just, and hearing the, those interviews and, and leaning on those leaders, you know, calling them up, like, how did you do this? What was your project plan? And like, that's just been uh, tremendous, you know, for, for us and to, to be able to leverage that. That also makes it, when you go back to like workload, makes it feel a little bit more manageable and doable. Well, that's perfect. And yeah, you mentioned like Greater Topeka Partnerships. So I'll link my uh, my interview with Matt Favarnik um, yeah. as well. So it gives another perspective how they came about it. And uh, for anybody who's who's serious about looking at a, a merger, there's a, there's things to be learned for sure. Um, well, Kim, as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, one of the things I remember learning about uh, early on when I started in, in 2016, um, and I think it was at an ACCE convention, was just the the study that, I think it was the Western Association of Chamber of Commerce, uh -huh. that did that study, uh, and on branding and came out with, you know, a couple things. One, that um, you know, everything you need to do needs to tie to the benefit for the overall community, not just the business community. Uh, and, you know, Sherry and Kelly and, and her team at ACC always speak to that too. Like it's about community impact. Uh, and I think that's still very much it and very much relevant um, because the, the it's all about tacking those community, community problems and challenges and opportunities and, and we're the group to do it. And, and that goes back to the waste and like the three C's and our role as a catalyst, you know, for business and community growth, the convener, you know, across sectors and um, being the champion. champion. Like yeah. that's how we do the work. Yeah. And like, I think that's still like very relevant, if not even more so today. And I think into the future, because the problems we're trying to tackle are really hairy problems. And, and it takes like that cross sector, public, private, nonprofit um, collaboration. And like, we're the only ones in the space doing it. So, and I think that's, you know, very, very much needed. And so, I mean, it's part of why we changed our name to, to partnership, you know, cause it takes that work, it takes partnership and it takes collaboration. And if you think of that word, you know, it's got the word lab in it, which is experiment, experimental. Yeah. It's got the word labor in it, it takes yeah. work. Um, <laughs> but that's really, uh, I, I think that's a, a skill set of ours and that, that's gonna be critical in the future. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the name change too. I think, um, you know, we've talked about on, on you know, past episodes, we have name changes from Chamber of Commerce to something like a business partnership. I think it just keeps the relevancy, you know, where the focus is. And I think, uh, I don't know, maybe 100 years ago, 150 years ago, Chamber of Commerce maybe had a different meaning, a different, maybe it was more in the vernacular of, you know, meaningful yeah. words. But now I think more of a business partnership makes a lot more sense for a lot of communities. It does. I mean, it does, but I will tell you, this would probably be a whole separate podcast, Brandon, but like, <laughs> I will tell you, like, it's, it, 
we've had a tough time getting it to stick. I mean, one, we launched it when the pandemic hit, but two, it's longer, it's tougher to say. And so people really struggle. And so I always am quick to say, no, we're still a chamber of commerce because I think there's still a lot of value for the brand, that space. So I want to make sure people know like, no, we're still, we're a chamber of commerce. And so I think that's still important, but like people have an easier time saying chamber. So like it's- it's, Yeah, you can shorten chamber of commerce to chamber, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, people often ask us or they're like, what? Uh, it's like almost the number one question we get, like, what's the new name of the entity going to be? Um, and one of our team members came up with this great background. They're like the um, Iowa City Area Business and Development Association, which if you spell that out and look at the possible acronym, it spells out I see a badass. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry to curse on your podcast, but I think it's brilliant. And that's yeah. the internal working name we're going with. Our marketing <laughs> people are like, you cannot have that as our name. So I can see the logo right now. <laughs> right? It's perfect. So I'm really advocating for that. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> But Kim, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who may be considering a merge or want to gain more of the experience that you've gone through. What would be the best way for someone to reach out and connect with you? Yeah, happy to connect with anyone, you know, on this, either whether you're considering it or you have done it, you want to compare notes, like, um, so tips. you can, yeah, yeah all of it. Well, we need a support group. I'd love to there's a <laughs> support group that we want to form all for that. Um, so you could reach me at Kim at iowacityarea.com or um, my cell phone, uh, which is 773-633-7700. Um, I know that sounds like a spam number. Right. Um, it is uh, easy to remember. Uh, and then the merger, I'm going to share my merger website here that our uh, comms Great team idea. put together, which has been really, yeah, really helpful for folks. So that's iowacityarea.com backslash merger, um, which has FAQs out there, um, a video, and we'll just kind of ho- hoping to keep that site updated. That's perfect. And we'll we'll get all that in the show notes for this episode so people can get on there and check out the merger page and see you know, all the updates and everything you have going on there. But Kim, I'm, I'm glad we're able to, to have you come visit with us on Chamber Chat Podcast and share this experience and the development and, you know, how things are going down with this, uh, this merger in your, at your chamber. And um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it takes a little bit of vulnerability to say, you know, here's what we're going through and where we came from. And so I appreciate you putting that out there for us. Yeah, yeah it, it takes a lot of that you know, across the board. We talked exactly about that with our team members last week um, about vulnerability and and navigating that and navigating this transition. And so um, I'll share with you some of the other resources we're using too to, to help with that. But yeah, I appreciate being able to talk about it with you today. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. 
What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today.